Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. As I was thinking last night a little bit more about Genesis 2.17 and the idea of why God put the tree that could not be eaten from in the garden, I thought of an illustration that maybe we as parents would understand. This is an idea of a child. Parents can put a child in a room and that child has no restrictions. They can play with anything and do anything. Now that child is still could still do wrong because of his flesh. But most of the times he's going to be very good. He doesn't have any restrictions. There is nothing that he is not allowed to do. That does not mean he is good. That just means there's nothing that he's not allowed to do. Parents, on the other hand, could put a kid in a room full of toys and say, you can play with all these toys, but not this one right here. This one, you may not play with it. You know which one the kid's going to go for first. That child is going straight for the one that you said, nope, you can't touch that. It's like parents who say, my child is never bad at home, but when they go to summer camp or Christian school, then they're really bad. Now, this is not always the case, but it sure might be that there's not any no's in the homes. And that's not N-O-S-E. No, it's N-O apostrophe S. There is no restrictions in the home. We have to make sure we have things that they cannot get into or else we don't really know what they are like. When we are giving a a choice, the truth comes out of who we really are. And, of course, you could have plenty of restrictions in your home and your kid can be bad everywhere. I'm not saying that that's a perfect illustration. But it does show that when there is nothing to tell us no, that doesn't say that we are good. I was reading in my Bible reading this morning, and it was Paul in Romans 4 talking about where there's no law, there's no sin. Well, if no one's being told there's anything wrong, well, then there's nothing wrong. And that's how it is here. With no tree that they cannot eat from in the garden, there is no wrong. But when there's a choice, it shows really the person. So in Genesis 2.18, though it says right there, And the Lord God said, It is not good. So what have we seen so far? We've seen it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. Let's look back in Genesis 1.10. At the end, it says, and God saw it was good. In verse 12, and God saw that it was good. In verse 18, and God saw it was good. Verse 21, at the end, and God saw it was good. Verse 25, God saw it was good. And in between verse 25 
And verse 31 is the description that we're reading right now where God says it's not very good. Uh, not good. But <laughs> I jumped ahead of myself because in verse 31, and God saw everything that he made and behold, it was very good. What happened in between there? Women was created. The woman was created. Well, I, I look at that as, wow, all of a sudden it's very good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not just very good because we were created. But this is the section that we're looking at here. In between, it was good and it was very good. There was a point that God said in verse 18, it is not good. And what is not good? It's not good that man should be alone. Men can be called to be eunuchs or, or single, but that is a sacrifice Men are not complete and cannot accomplish as much without a wife. We'll see later that Paul talks about um, being single in a positive way, but he also says marriage is good. Here, God is telling Moses to write that man needed something else, and we know God reinforced this later as he quoted this. We as women should take joy and pleasure in that. When you see something that your husband needs to do but doesn't. Look at that as a joy and a pleasure because it's something you can do for him that he needs done. It's what we were created for. So many times we look at our role as a drudgery. Oh, it's awful. No, it's not. We complete him. It's great that you can step up and be the helper you were created to be. Now, don't get me wrong. We shouldn't take the re leadership role. We shouldn't be determine, oh, he, you know, you're not leading in this area, so I'm going to take over and do that. No, it's if he has a weakness in a certain area, maybe he's not super good with numbers. Well, you can help with the finances more if you're good with numbers and you can work in that aspect. I think a good example is something that we all get irritated with, you know, after our husbands head off to work and we go into the restroom and we see it's a mess. It's not how we would leave it. Oh, things need cleaned up. And we get huffy and get mad. And why in the world can't he clean that up? Stop already. That's not something he needs to worry about. It's something he's not good at. So you take pride and joy in cleaning up after him. And you say, that is just horrible. In today's society, it sure is looked at as horrible. But when we look at the fact that we complete him, that we were created to help him, it's a joy. He is incomplete without you, and you are incomplete without helping him. On the opposite, he's complete with you, and you're complete when you help him. So many times we get so upset about things that we want our husbands to do when we can just do it and life is happier and we have to stop getting angry and upset because he doesn't clean up like we want him to clean up. A lot of us, we want him to be a man. We want him to act like a man, but in reality, we get upset when he does and we expect him to look or not look, but to act like a woman and do things like a woman would do. We are made to complete him. You know, I was thinking about this as a funny thought. Maybe God knew if there was only men here, it would be a mess everywhere. Now, I can be messy, I know. But 
I'll tell you what, if I'm gone for a week and I come back, I think, what is the organization of this? Wow, who, why would we put that in there, you know? Stuff's just pushed in drawers or whatever, just so it, lo- it looks good, it looks good, but uh, yeah, no, it's not where it should be. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to make that home neater and cleaner and and pick up after him and help him in any way that I can. Now, different husbands have different responsibilities, and God created you to be the perfect help to your husband. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because that's the next phrase. The next phrase is the idea of a helper created especially for the man. But before that, we see another phrase. It says, and the Lord God said, it is not good that men Man should be alone. I will make him. I will make him. I will make. Look at that right there. God made you specifically to be a helper to your to a man. Some are single and they have are wonderful ladies and they are not second class citizens. But the purpose that God created the woman for was to be a helper. But First, we see, I will make. I said that over and over because God is the one who made us. Who made the woman? God. Then we need to listen to God's instructions for what he wants from us. He created us. He knows what is best. And yet we balk at this so many times. The world gets so angry because they don't like that God tells a woman what will make her happy? Of course, God knows what is going to make her happy, but we think we know better. No, God made us. He not only has the right to tell us what he wants us to do, he knows what he created us for. He knows what is fulfilling to us. So he knows what's best. We need to trust him. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to take this sentence and I will break it down as... English grammar idea. That was not good English right there, what I said. I am not good at English. You are going to find that I'm going to say things backwards all the time and mess up. But I had a friend who helped me, and I asked her to diagram this next phrase to better understand this sentence. So we have, I will make him and help me for him. So our subject is I. And we know that is God. Our verb is will make. So that's the action that was done. Our indirect object is him. Who was that? Adam. I will make him. Adam. And help meet for him. Now here's where we need our English lesson. I have no problem with people that say help meet all the time. I shouldn't say I have no problem. Because every single time I hear it, I think, why are they saying it like that? There is a word helpmate, but helpmate is not a noun. Help is the direct object. That's the noun. N and meet are adjectives. They describe help. So if you were going to diagram this, you would have I with a line. That's the subject. Will make. That's your verb. And underneath, you have him. Then you have another line. Help. 
I will make help. What am I making? Help. What describes help is N, which we have that. Meat. Meat is an adjective. And who is he making this for? For him. So he's not only making him a help, he's doing it for him. Sometimes people can make something, you know, I'm making this, but he's making it just for him. I'm not just making this. He's making this for Adam. So we're going to look at the word meat. The word meat means something suited perfectly or fitted correctly. Now, when we hear meat as Americans, normally we don't hear it used the same way it's being used here. We use it as an I'm going to meet somebody. And it's used like that all over in the Bible as well. It's not only used in this way as an adjective. There's a couple of verses that it's used to meet somebody. Genesis 24, 17 says, And the servant ran to meet her and said, and it goes on to say what he said there, ran to meet her. Exodus 29, 43, And there I will meet with the children of Israel. This is not that type of meat. This meat is something that is describing something else. It's an adjective. When we see this other one, and the servant ran to meet her, That's not an adjective. What we are looking at is going to be the adjective. And what we're going to do in the next episode is we are going to take that word and we're going to look it up all throughout Scripture. We're going to describe it, and I'm going to take my time through this whole section because it's so important for us as ladies to understand what is our purpose, what were we created for, what does God want us to be, And I hope it's a blessing to you as we go into that idea of the word meat. I'll see you next time when we do just that. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.